0: This is Rev. Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. The biggest context we've had throughout this series is the idea that there's actually a set of two mountains. And we move from one mountain to the other, from one place to the next. Two separate mountains and a beautiful shift between the two. And we walk between these two all the time. And it's not to say that the first mountain is bad and the second mountain's good. It's just to go like, there are two mountains. And life necessarily will evolve between those two. The shifts, folks, we've been looking at have been part of this chart here, this next slide, and it's the movement from the left to the right, happiness to meaning, rights to responsibilities, freedom to commitments, individuality to community, autonomy to connection, entertainment to moral joy. I was really blessed on on Thursday night. You know, we, we had a small group, and we were we were talking about it. We we pulled this sheet out, and it's the idea, folks, that that it's it's those small commitments that actually move us from one side to the other. We we tend to think like, oh, this is a big epic journey. I don't I don't think so. A lot of the time. I think a lot of the time it's, it's small questions. It's, it's little pieces of reaching out. It's, it's, you know, last week after church we had a beautiful lunch with the pastor and, and, you know, just, just the simple fellowship, brotherhood, sisterhood of just sitting beside someone and having a conversation. Like that's simple. And so much of this is actually just Small little commitments. So so again, if, if you're looking for, like, some people are very task-oriented, some people are, some people aren't. If you're a highly task-oriented person, I would tell you, print this little chart out and just think, what are the little small things, little small things that can move you from one place to the other? Small little commitments that make a difference out there into the world. Because those shifts, folks, are so incredibly important. And it's important that we learn to to build things together. We talk about church, church from a new church perspective it's It's not an institution. It's an invitation, an invitation to join together and to, and to, with great joy, just just enjoy enjoy like seeing life in a different way. I love again the, the bottom one of moral joy and and how that works and how incredibly important that is. So with that. I want to introduce some of the folks who joined us this morning for Sermon Writing Team at 8 a.m. to put together the sermon. So please give them a warm round of applause as the ones who are brave enough and willing enough and all that. And there are lots of other people who added their input, but these are the people who were really willing to come up here and speak. So I actually give them a warm round of applause, folks, as they come on up. All right. So I'm going to be going back and forth with, with these guys throughout the service. And Chuck's going to actually get us started. And, and this is kind of the compelling why behind community. So
1: Chuck, you feel like
0: standing up and reading that sure for us? Say hi, to, say hi to the audience first.
1: How's it going? My name's Chuck. <laughs> All the life a person has comes from the Lord by way of community.
0: Thanks, Chuck. I'm going to come back over here. That idea, that, that basic part that all the life a person has comes by way of community, so incredibly important. The, the community, that's, that's how we actually thrive. It was interesting in a, on a Tuesday night small group, you know, just when we're talking about that chart, again, that movement from mountain one to mountain two, we talked about the very relational nature of it. There's no such thing as the self-made man or the self-made woman. And I mean this literally, like, thank you, God. There's no such thing as a self-made person. Like, we, we all have to do it in community, and that community is what moves us forward. And it's important to understand that we're always caught in this battle between false community and true community. And Bob's now going to speak for a few minutes on just what, just what that false community can look like and, and, and what maybe its characteristics are and, and what does the Bible have to say about that. So, Bob Plefka is going to be speaking from center stage on that. Thank you, Bob. Thank you.
1: Um, so, it turns out false community, I would have thought, is something we all contend with in contemporary society. But it turns out that, you know, as um, old as the Bible may be, that even then they were talking about those false communities. And this is, comes from. Galatians 5. Give it a second to come up. It's that good. It's worth waiting for. All right. My counsel is this. Live freely, animated, motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't, need, you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap, a frenzied and joyless grab for happiness. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled, uncontrollable addictions, Ugly parodies of community. So it turns out, even thousands of years ago, they were talking about some of the things we might face. And it gave us a chance to reflect this morning on what false community feels like. And for me, I was struck by, it It always started for me as an insecurity that then triggered this need to be validated. And that's where these false communities sometimes felt they came to me. It was always the grab for power or popularity. Those were the tricks that, whether it was in elementary school and wanting to be one of the popular people and finding yourself maybe doing those bad behaviors just to feel like you fit in and are in that popular crowd. Continuing through high school, same opportunity to make those choices. And even in my early work days, wanting to sit at the table at a new company where the popular people were the ones that maybe downplaying all of the positives or always complaining and thinking that was the right choice for me to make, to feel that power and popularity, even in, as a young adult, was oftentimes the, the insecurity I felt going into it and ultimately the um, opportunity to think that that was the way out. And then you find out that th- those false communities, in fact, don't you know, give you what you're really looking for, and you find the, the truer community, which we'll talk about later. So as the band comes out, um, it is an opportunity to start thinking of how do those other communities, those real communities, make us feel good? How is it that we can, you know, determine a better connection with them? And with that, I bring out the band.
0: For this song, just, just listen to, like, this is a really feel-good song. That's your foreshadowing of the song ahead. And, and really think about it, like, like, how that true community, how it builds... And how it builds into that feeling of of really feeling good, feeling part of. And understanding that that feeling part of is always this. It's always a choice. And as we make that choice, it draws us closer. Closer to God. Closer to each other. And where do we end up? We end up saying, I feel good. When was the last time you felt good? And it it was probably when you are around other people. You know, I think that's so much how it works. And, and, and God, Jesus is always asking us to bump it out one level. Like, like here's, here's your family, and, and your family's beautiful, and, and let's think about expanding it. We're going to go back over to Chuck now, who's going to read us something from Matthew 5. So, Chuck, if you could stand up and read us something from Matthew 5. If you love those who really love you. Oh. Can you start again? Start again there. There you go, brother. If you
1: love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others?
0: Thanks, nice, Chuck. That idea of that that we're constantly being asked again, asked to expand, asked to expand, asked to expand into that true community, that that, that true community where there's this sense of deep belonging. And the other part, and this this I think is really important. It's it's not just deep belonging, like like I go in. And they accept me. That's just important, right? But, but I go into it, and I have something to give. I have something to offer. Now, let me tell you, we got lots of places <laughs> for people to plug in. I mean, that's the beauty of, beauty of church. And I want you to hear now a, a story of true community from a senior in high school, talking about what, what true community has meant to him and, and the idea that it's not always easy but the idea that it's always worthwhile. Jared, you are up, my friend. Please give him a round of applause, folks, as he comes center stage here.
2: Good morning. Well, I would say that the characteristics of a true community is that things aren't really forced, meaning that the connections that you make with one another amongst your peers is you guys click instantly. It's more so that once you meet a person, you don't have to force conversation. You don't have to force the emotional attachment with one another. Also, like Pastor Chuck said, the deeper meaning of it is that you guys are no longer friends. You guys are like family. And I would say an example of a true community that of everyone in here can understand is family. Um, as I'm looking up amongst the crowd, people are here with their families and one thing I could say is that we've all had uh miscommunications and arguments with our family but um the friction between one another shows that you guys truly love each other and that you guys truly care amongst one one another because if you guys don't have those arguments or don't have those frictions it would be a false community in a way. Um another thing I would I would say is that Um, this, you guys are, each of you are playing a role. You guys have something to give. Um, everyone has their own place in the community. Um, like I said, it's not forced. Once you are accepted in the community, everyone has uh, a role and everyone's role is important. Um, and I would say amongst that, that us as a congregation of the new church, we give Every, everyone has a job, uh, even though some of us, such as myself, we don't really know what our job is, but you give a specific job off and it helps everyone become a better person every day. So, thank you.
0: So that idea, you know, of, of true community, and, and I want to, come to this, like this next question, what does that mean for us and our commitment to being a true community church? What does that mean? Let's all say it together. Ready? What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, like what does it mean to, to really commit? Like, what does it, what does it look like? Well, I, I want to talk about it on a number of different levels. I think first off, it's, it's understanding how to see God. And I think our view of God's incredibly important. Like, our view of God actually goes to the very center of our being. I think a lot of the time where, where, where especially, uh, you know, churches and other groups can get, can get off center is, is we put this, this word God there, and then we draw a circle around it. But it's not a circle of arms embracing. It's the walls. Like, these are the walls. And there's one little entranceway. And then we say, like, oh, and by the way, this church is the only one that knows the way in. You know, does that work, yes or no? No, no, it doesn't work. But, but I see that over and over again. Like, like, there's really only one way. There's just this one little narrow, narrow path. Yeah, I I don't. I don't really believe that. I believe there's many paths. I believe there's many views, many perspectives. Uh, Folks, just. I mean, that last song the band did was that good or what? Yeah, imagine they just got up here and sang one note. Would that work? No. It's 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 that is in a variety and and seeing seeing the gifts. I mean, that's that's so much part of it. So it starts with that view of God. Then it comes down to how we view each other. Now, imagine this. Picture yourself in a group of people. Look, five people to your left, five people to your right. That's your community. Just take a look down the road right now, both sides, right? That's that's your community. And if there's nobody sitting beside you, I can throw about 20 internet people right beside you. (laughs) You know, that's who you're to serve. But we won't reach into that service unless we get this. Please, please, please listen deeply to what I'm about to say. If we don't get, if we don't understand that the primary commitment to community, ready for this, folks? Is to give your gift. It's to give your gift. I don't know what that gift is. I'm not sure what it is for you. But I know you have it. I know you all have a gift. And I know that that somehow when we ask people to to come forward and sing, again, they'll show up at 8 o'clock and they'll rewrite the lyrics to a James Brown song. Because that's their voice and ready for this and that's what we need and that's what god needs and that's what the world needs now i realize for a lot of people the biggest head bully out there is i'm not enough i have no gifts i call falsity right there flag on the field not true flag on the field not true There's so much that you all have to offer. There's so much of these gifts. That's why we're going to be talking. That's why we're going to eat soup together afterwards, that stone soup, that we we bring it all together. Of course, folks, that's not to say that it's easy. Take a look at this line here. The challenge is that community life is actually built of friction, compromise, and sticky, messy, inefficient, time-consuming, inconvenient human relationships. Could I get an amen on that one? You know, that's, that's how it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. Now I'm going to come down here, come off stage for a second, because I want to show you the way we're doing communion today. I got this from my dear friend Jim Goodyear, who's a pastor out in Lancaster at Bergstrasse. Lutheran Church, and, and he made mention of a, of a beautiful, beautiful way that they do it. You know, the idea that we all come from different places. Some of us are these kinds of people, all right? Some of us carry around these plastic cups with the black X on our hand. You know who you are. Some of us are kind of these people, right? Right? And some of us, like myself, being from Pittsburgh, are very fancy people. (laughs) So we all come sort of with our own cutlery and our our own particular plates and dishes and, and perspectives. But folks, communion, what is always the same? What's the same in this? The table. The table's the same. Do you see how powerful that is? Your job is to come to the table and to to bring your gifts. Why? Because it matters. Why? Because we need you. Why? Because God needs you. That, brothers and sisters, is stone soup. That's why communion in the new church is considered the most sacred of all sacraments. A sacrament is what you're willing to sacrifice for. What you're willing to sacrifice for is what you consider holy. When we join together, we offer our gifts, stone soup, that's holy. And that's beautiful. So to get ready, now, my dear friends, for communion. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Jared to lead us in a closing prayer. And then what we're going to do is then you're welcome to come on up. We're going to have two sets of prayer teams on either side. We have juice, wine, unleavened bread. You're welcome to come up and take the elements of communion. You have the microphone. Oh, you're good, buddy. Uh, Take the elements of communion and then we'll have these three prayer teams where you may get, take a prayer, ask someone like, hey, could you pray with me over whatever it is that's on your heart. So before I give it off to Jared, could just one final thank you. Folks, it took a lot for people to show up at 8 o'clock this morning to get this service planned. Did they do a good job or what? <laughs> and we'll see all of you 8 a.m. the next time we do a service like this. Jared, please lead us in a prayer, brother.
2: May everyone please bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I come to you saying thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to say thank you for allowing the people and I to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning to create this wonderful service for the people here. Heavenly Father, I ask that you can continue to allow us to see the differences and the falsities and the truth of the communities. And Heavenly Father, I just want to I want you to allow everyone in this room to just realize that with the help from a friend that they're able to do anything. In your holy majestic name we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.